This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. Well, I've been getting to know a new friend in heaven, John Bosco, uh, St. John Bosco, and he was affectionately known as Don Bosco, but he's from Italy and he was born in 1815 and he died at 73 years old in 1888. But as I have been learning about his life, it has just amazed me. This is one of my favorite new friends in heaven. And you know how I love the saints. So I think you're going to like him too. His feast day is coming up January 31st, but he's got an incredible story as well as his mother. And of course, her name's Margaret. And of course, those two, their stories are intertwined. You get to learn about John Bosco and his mother, Margaret, for our next two shows leading up to the feast day. So his early childhood was really Poor. We hear the word poor and we don't realize sometimes what that means. But John was only two years old when his dad died. And the country, he was in Italy, and the country was not in very good shape at that time in the early 1800s. The country was in a famine and there had been a terrible drought. And this had all followed the Napoleonic Wars. And so, so many of the men had been killed. So with the war sucking the life out of the people and and killing off so many of them, and then the drought and the famine, things were in very bad shape. And this was what it was like when he was a young boy, when Don Bosco was a young boy. And his father died when he was two. And he has, he has a, uh, had a memory of his father at the funeral that he wanted his father to wake up and follow him. And the mother was crying and saying, your father is no more. You are fatherless now, Johnny, is what his mother had said to him. And that's just so sad. But Margaret, she was 29 years old and she had three sons to support. They had a farm and she was a widow. The oldest son was five years older than John. His name was Anthony, and this boy was not her biological son. Her husband had been married. His wife had died. And so Anthony uh, had lost his mom at a young age, and then his father married Margaret. And so Anthony was quite a little bit older than John, five years. And there was also another brother. This, this is a full brother of John. His name is Joseph, and he's a couple years older. Don. So this is the family dynamics. And this is what Margaret was left with when her husband died. And she didn't spend any time feeling sorry for herself at all. She just went to work and because uh, they had this little farm. But 
John Bosco remembers being hungry and going to bed hungry during these times of this famine when he was young. It was just a really, really hard time. And then as he began to grow, John had this love for books and people knew it. So he'd borrow them and he'd try to read as much as he could. He he didn't get to go to school too much because he had to work on the farm. Uh, And so he'd spend as much time as he could reading. And sometimes like if he took the cows out, he might, they might go too far because he got involved in a book, you know, but as he grew, um, he was really had this desire to learn. When the older brother, Anthony, uh, was, you know, 16, 17 years old and and John was starting to get big enough. He was nine. He's starting to get big enough to, to do something, to be real helpful on the farm, you know, in that age between nine, 10, 11. Um, his brother really resented that he wanted to read books. Anthony was dead set against it. And he would get very angry. And because there was a lot of work to do. And he just thought this a terrible waste that John would, would spend his time reading when he should be working. One night at the table, I think John was about 10. This is what happened. And this is from Don Bosco's memoirs. And this is a quote from him. First to my mother and then to my brother, Joseph, Anthony, he's the older one, said, enough is enough. Stop all this grammar because he was trying to learn. You know, John was wanting an education. I have grown up big and strong and never looked at these books. Angry and afflicted, I said something that I shouldn't have. Quote, neither did our donkey go to school and behold, he's bigger than you. Unquote. At those words, he flew into a rage and I just managed to run away from his beating. My mother felt most afflicted and I cried. So that was a typical evening in their house. But finally, Anthony catches a hold of John and he really beats him up pretty good. And this is when this mother, and you have to understand, she needed Anthony. Anthony was her son and he was an heir, her, her husband's heir, even though he wasn't her biological son. It was necessary for him to work. So... You know, she couldn't break up the family. I mean, it it just wouldn't have worked. So she said something really sad to John. She said, it's better if you leave home. Anthony can't hurt you then. And I'm afraid that he will. So she sends her son, John, away. She sends him to go looking. It's the middle of winter now, but she sends him to go looking for work among the different farms and it's not the season in, in, in that day and time. Yes. In the spring and in the harvest times, boys would leave home and they would go and visit farms and hire themselves out to help. That was common, but not in the winter when there wasn't anything for them to do. And so he went, she makes up a little bundle for him and with a loaf of bread and some clothes and she just sends him and with some instructions that if no one will hire you go to see, um, Mr. Uh, Luigi, the end of the road, the end of this area, and and tell him that I sent you. So he goes, and nobody will hire him. So he finally gets to Luigi's farm, and they send him away too. And he says, but my mother sent me. I need to see Mr. Luigi. And so he goes to see him. And he asks John, why does she send you out so young? Who is your mother? John answers and tells him that his brother is ill-treating him and he doesn't have a choice. 
And what he says is just heart-wrenching. He has tears running down his, his cheeks and he says, I'm not leaving. You don't have to pay me. You don't have to do anything, but I am not leaving. And he just sits down and he cries because he knows to go back home could, could mean beatings and who knows what. And so they had pity on him and they kept him there. They hired him. He got to work in, in the barn and at least have food and shelter for himself. And, and of course he visits his mother and, and they still have a family relationship, but this is one of the things that took place. Like how hard could it be? And I cannot imagine that mother's heart breaking to send her son away. At that time, on that particular event, um, he was not quite 11 years old. And that would be something. But she spent her time with him, teaching him his prayers and teaching him how to love God. And she taught him the catechism. She had memorized much of the Bible. She was an illiterate woman, but she had memorized the truths of the faith. And she did a really good job sharing the faith with him. And she loved him. And he did not feel unloved. Actually, he felt protected that she would see to his welfare by sending him away instead of allowing him to to stay in this abusive situation. John, at a young age, began to have dreams that sort of set the trajectory for his life. And these dreams proved a connection with God, especially with Our Lady as her as his guide, she was given to him as a guide. And so many of the dreams determined his, his life and what he would do. But this is the first one. And I'm going to read it to you word by word, his words, John Bosco's words. When I was nine, I had a dream that remained deeply embedded in my mind for the rest of my life. I saw myself near a home in a vast yard full of playing children. Some laughed, quite a few uttered blasphemies. On hearing such foul language, I threw myself into their midst, punching and shouting to silence them. A venerable man appeared, nobly attired. His face was so bright I could hardly look at it. He called me by name. Quote, not with blows, but with meekness and love shall you conquer all these friends. Speak to them at once about the ugliness of sin and the greatness of virtue. Unquote. Confused and frightened, I answered that I was poor and an ignorant boy. At that moment, the boys stopped fighting, interrupted their brawls, and gathered around the speaking man. Hardly knowing what I was saying, I asked, Who are you that orders such impossible things of me? And he answered, Precisely because they seem impossible to you, you must make them possible by obeying and by becoming knowledgeable. Then John asked, how shall I become knowledgeable? And he answered, I will give you a teacher under her guide. You will become wise. But who are you? He asked. I am the son of her whom your mother taught you to greet three times a day. Ask her for my name. At that moment, I saw a woman of majestic aspect attired with a cloak that shone as bright as the sun. Seeing me, Confused, she beckoned me and took me by the hand. Look, she said, and the youngsters had all disappeared. In their stead, I saw kids, dogs, cats, bears, and many other animals. She said, this is your field of work. Become humble, strong, and sturdy. What you see now happen to these animals, you will cause to happen to my children. And I turned and saw that instead of wild animals, there were now as many lambs, skipping, running, bleating, as if giving a hearty welcome to that man and that woman. 
Always within the dream, I burst into tears. I asked the woman to speak clearly because I didn't know what it all meant. She laid her hand on my head and said, one good day you will understand. A noise woke me up and everything disappeared. I was in awe. Anyway, that was his very first dream and he had many that guided him and it was true. Mother Mary was his guide. And so he begins this road to priesthood. He has this desire to become a priest and in many roundabout ways, it is provided for him to become a priest. It's very hard. His mother gives the grain from her farm to help with education. People who feel sorry for him contribute because they see the possibilities of him. And he goes on to become a priest. And that's where we're going to stop for today. I'm going to continue this story and talk to you about John Bosco's mother because her story is incredible. She has much to add and we're just scratching the surface. Anyway, until next week, thank you so much for joining me. It's just been my pleasure to be with you. It's been my privilege. Pray with me now. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Omdurko, produced at the studios of Matriday Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit matridayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.